moment. moment. Of clarity. Of clarity. Of clarity. What's happening, my people? It's your man, Stefan G. And you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity and such an interesting topic today. <laughs> it's got my girl, Tina, looking like somebody ran over her dog. I ain't all the way saved, y'all. Well, disclaimer. I am not. No, we were trying to put out no disclaimers. <laughs> talking I about you ain't all the way saved. Listen, either you have <laughs> confessed with your mouth and believe with your heart, or you have not. I have confessed with my mouth, believed in my heart. All the way saved. But all the way saved. This flesh ain't up to no good. <laughs> no good. <laughs> so, That's Mike. Like I need prayer. <laughs> yes, Mike. Today we're talking about lust. And it was Tina's idea to talk about lust. <laughs> she was the one that was like, you know what we really need to talk about? It was a Penny's idea. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but she did say it's something that she deals with. And we all get a little uncomfortable talking about this sometimes, but it's we all deal with it, or most of us yeah, deal with it. Most of us deal with it. And so I decided, you know, that sounds like a good topic. We could talk about lust because... You know, most Christians, whether they admit it or not, Mm -hmm. whether they're honest about it or not, have had to deal with lust issues in some way, shape, or form at some point in time in their life. And, you know, you don't hear a lot of people talking about lust, not talking about lust. Well, I take it back. You don't hear a lot of people having conversation about lust. You hear a lot of people talking about lust. Yes. Yeah, you hear a lot of thou shalt not about lust. Mm. What shalt not thou? Don't do that's that's what you hear. That's as if you are damned and on your way to hell just because you have a physical response of desire. Mm, that's not what lust is, though. What is then what lust is isn't lust? a physical response of desire? Yeah, because you can lust with your eyes, them eyes. But does, <laughs> <laughs> sound does like somebody look, know all the scriptures. <laughs> does, does that look then not translate into a physical desire? Well, from you what know you what? Saw? I, I think the first thing that we should probably do if we're going to talk about lust is figure out what lust is, Mm, you know? And so I would defer to the people behind the glass because they're smarter than both of us on what lust is. (laughs) They're smarter than all three of us. You might give me, if you tell me something that I've done, then I would have to change my statement of not having Well, you ain't made the statement yet, Joy. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's kind of funny because Felix and I actually were having a conversation you know, before the show about this, I always kind of thought lust was a sexual desire, a desire to have sexual relations with another person. Another that's what that's what Merriam-Webster says. It's very strong sexual desire. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Oh, okay, because oh, um, I mean, there are some who say you can lust after things. Well, there but that's is. That's really and, and- not. What I was thinking of the the I from what I understand, you know, there's two concepts of lust. There's the strong sexual desire, but there's also just the strong ardent desire for something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I tend to lean that that's a little bit closer to covetousness than lust, but I that's can see point. how they kind of 
fall into the same category a little bit. But I think for the purposes of this conversation today on the show, we're, we're talking, talking about, about sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're talking about sex. The sex. The sex. The. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, lust would in, in turn become the strong sexual desire um, for a purpose or action. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of gross, it's but people do lust after a purpose, a person, or action. Oh yeah, you can or lust after a particular person, or you can lust after a particular action. It doesn't have to be any people involved. Take the hint. Don't make me say it. It's nasty. Oh, I, thank you. I understand. Gosh. Okay, I understand. That was a I'm tracking. Moment. I'm tracking. That point three seconds. Apologize. <laughs> yeah. And so. Oh yes. All right. So. Yes. <laughs> What's the deal with lust? Like, I think, you know what? And it wasn't until last week that I realized why Jesus said that we need to be virgins. And I just, I see it. I see what it is now. I see why he's telling us this, to remain pure. Because once you open that door, it's not something that you can just close tomorrow. Like, okay, well, you know what? That was fun. Let me just not think about it for the rest of the week. No, nah, you open Pandora's box, Pandora box, you got to go find the key somewhere to close it back you know what i'm saying Lock it up. Yeah. Lock it up. it's just something and it's and it's ongoing it's nothing that and i think it's because what made you recognize this you said you realized it last week what happened last week it was just a list of things like just me and my girlfriend speaking it and just you know talking about our struggles and i realized that maybe i need to get more accountability of people who are have the desire to withhold from sex because a lot of people that are in church don't always have the desire to withhold from sex they love god but they're like well this is where i fall man there's so many people in church having sex it's unbelievable from the pool it's unbelievable there's so many people let me say take that back there's so many non-married people in church having sex that is unbelievable because there's a whole bunch of married people in church having sex too and let's not say that they're having well, the I, sex in the church. Let's go ahead and clarify that. <laughs> I mean, that well. I messed up my whole <laughs> church experience a while ago. Thank you. But um, why is lust bad? I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I think it's healthy when it's um with someone you're actually with. But really? if you're just having lust for someone that you're not even in a relationship with, I feel like you put yourself in the line of getting hurt. Or you put yourself in a position to get an action that, you know, the Bible says why we have to be virgins because, you know, we're putting ourselves out there. I feel like we're open, we expose ourselves, I feel like, when we have sex. So by lusting after people are, it usually starts with something you see. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. It usually starts by what is entered into your eyes or what you hear. And then you have to be mindful of those things. But once those things start and then you start seeing people, it's only a matter of time before you fall. It's like it's such an e- easy thing to fall into. I mean, I think I said that properly. What, did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> My mind is going like three different things. Like I got to stop thinking about this person. I got to figure out how to talk about this thing. We can tell this is something she deals with. Yeah. yeah daily. Definitely. Personal thing. Not trying to die of myself. And Day it's something well. we all deal with because I think she makes a – point we we try to rationalize it even though we're really not supposed to do it and justify it like yeah but we all do it well and and part of the way that we try to justify it and rationalize it is we use the everybody has that problem excuse right we use the well everybody has this issue and everybody has this problem so it's now okay that i have this issue and this problem i used to honestly feel like when i was like super like into saved and you know praying word and all that stuff i used to feel as if 
if I was lusting, I wasn't praying hard enough. Because, you know, if you're close to God, you're not going to have those desires. Because, you know, God gives us the desires of our heart. And if God ain't going to give me a desire to have a husband right now, then I shouldn't be having a desire to lust after somebody. So I used to make me want to pray more than realizing that it's a, it's a combination of conversations you hear or things you see that start that. So I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, I wake up one day and I see somebody, I'm just lusting after them. It can, on, if you, it can, I really feel like it can be traced back to something you heard that week, something you saw, and something you're allowing into your space. So are we, are we agreeing, saying, stating that lust is not a good thing? I don't think it's bad. It's just got to be monitored. I think it's bad. You think it's bad? Yeah. Do you lust after your wife? No. Really? Nope. I kind of want my husband to lust after me. Well, the problem is, the the problem is we have to think from a spiritual aspect and not from a secular aspect. The secular definition of lust is strong sexual desire, right? Mm -hmm. But in a spiritual sense, where does that desire come from? And, and I don't know that I can validate or I don't know that I can agree that lust comes from a pure place. I don't know that I can agree that lust comes from a godly or a holy place just because I decide to direct it towards my wife. Does that make sense? What place would you think lust comes from? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, but then but, what then yeah, we go back to what lust what is lust? Right. Strong sexual you have, desire. You have strong sexual desires for your wife, I'm sure. Yeah. I certainly do. So do you not <laughs> lust then? So then that that's why we have to and that's why we have to go further into what lust is. Yes. Right. And what the um, biblical definition is. Because what yeah, and what the biblical definition is. Because we've given the Merriam Webster definition of lust, right. which is strong mm-hmm. sexual desire. Right? Okay. But what does the Bible say lust is? Look. Come on, Pastor. Pass the mic. The people behind the glass, readily pull it that's up. A, that's a really good question. I had to look that up. I mean, anytime I think of lust, I think of when uh, Jesus was talking about lust and when you're lusting after someone, you're committing adultery in your heart. But what right. if they're single too? Is that still adultery? I'm joking. Well, you're, compi- <laughs> <laughs> Is it? you're committing adultery on your future spouse. Is he kind of the way it you trying to justify? I'm not trying to justify, but I can't admit commit. It's like me saying I'm cheating on um by me buying Adonai, my son, a gift. I'm treating my unborn child fair, unfairly because he's not here yet. That's not quite Come the on. same thing, but I hear where you're trying to go with it. <laughs> That's not quite the same thing at all. <laughs> so abstinence, abstinence is derived from keeping yourself pure and holy for the coming of your spouse yes is that is that how we're looking at abstinence uh yes well in its true sense even though i don't know if we ever (laughs) actually follow that okay so then if we go from being abstinent in preparation for our spouse and we then go into lust um from an abstinent state that is how we are then committing adultery because we were in preparation for our future spouse. You trying to I'm not no, sure. Stop, stop, I'm, stop, stop, I'm stop, stop, to, stop, stop. You're trying to rationalize no. and you're trying to make it work in your brain. It's adultery because Jesus said it's adultery. Yeah, That's it, it. Yeah, he says, for all in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and the possession is not from the Father, but it's from the world. So, I mean, but we are living in this world. So, 
Why are you nah, trying to make this nah, work? That's not no, wait, work. no, 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 <laughs> y'all can't. Nah, that doesn't work. No, amen. All right. Can you read that again? First John two sixteen says, "For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the and the and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world." And Matthew five twenty eight says, "But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent, intent, has already committed adultery with her in his heart." I didn't, if I lust after someone, I don't have an intent to go home with them. Is that committing? But it's not. No, but wait a minute. Okay, since since that's what it said, do me a favor, go back to King James Version. Because that, you know, put together English standard, not North American abridged, uh, make me feel good about myself version. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was? Was that what that was? That was... Where's that version? I want to buy that in the, the store. Right. <laughs> you was what were you reading? First John two, two sixteen and oh. Matthew five twenty eight. With the intent was Matthew five and twenty eight. I'm gonna read the King James version since you wanna. Thus thou is, and know. therefores. Mm. Oh, you can't forget the therefores. Therefores and verily verily. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew five and twenty eight. Yes. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. No intent. Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, that's an intent. You're looking on a woman to lust after her. So like, let's say, for example, you walking around well, in the mall. Intent to lust. Intent to, exactly, that's still an intent. There's still an intent here. I can just, like, okay, I just turn so my eyes by accident. I was like, oh. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Are you trying to get so far away from sin that it does not rule over you? Or are you trying to get so close to sin that you can do what you want to do without getting in trouble? Uh, message. I, <laughs> I think. Because it sounds like, it, le- it legitimately sounds like you're trying to get as close to the line as you possibly can without flipping over into go to hell mode. Well, according to the Bible, when it talks about grace. Yeah, what about it? You know what? I'm not going to win this one. So <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest and say that if it's me, I'm gonna pick number two. I'm trying to get as close to it and and not get into hell mode. But why? You asked a question. Is there? I not, know, and yeah, then I asked another there, one. There, there's not a reasoning behind that. that Whoa, hold on. There's not. You asked in in this particular situation as we, we are talking right about now. as we are talking about lust. If I were to find myself in a situation. Looking at a man saying, I think that man is fine and I wonder what the junk he got in okay, his trunk so and how let, can let I, me, how can I, I'm going to try to figure out how to put, get as close let to. Me put, let me put my my pastor hat on then. Mm, go ahead. Because y'all trying to find excuses to sin. I'm, That's okay. all it is. Y'all are trying to, cause, because if you are, if you are like Joy said, trying to get as close to the line as you possibly can without going to hell, then your heart is wrong. Okay, I don't want to agree with that. Your heart is not right. Your heart is not seeking after the things of God and seeking after his desire and seeking after his heart and seeking after his face and seeking after what he wants for you. You are trying to get what you want. You're trying to have your cake and you're trying to eat it. I would love to eat I the would, cake I purchased. I, I, I would say that that would be a true statement, Pastor Stephanie. Okay, and I would why? Say that that would be, if, if that were the situation I found myself in, that would be, not, but because I'm what not there. What do you there, mean if that were the situation I, I found I don't myself have lust, in? I don't, lust, I don't have a lust for someone. But then why are you creating this hypothetical? Because I'm trying to engage in the conversation and I'm trying Very to understand but what it. I'm say, but, okay. What? Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to say a scripture because I said God was like dealing with me with grace. For it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. 
for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. And that's Romans 6, 14 to 15. KJV, King James Version. That was from the Lord. Yes, it is. So it mean, I get that we're not supposed to sin. But again, which is what I said in the beginning, it's not, it's just being mindful of what you're allowing in your surroundings. And once you open that door, even, even okay, let's say, for example, it is a sin. Let's address it. A sin is a sin. Let's call it what it is. It is a sin. Is it something that God has for us to that, that God wants us to go through? No, I honestly think that God would rather us not go through that and deal with it because it is something that's not easy to deal with because you can't always follow your actions. You can't always follow what your flesh wants to do. But I will say this. It is still something that even if I pray to God tomorrow morning, I'm not going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm healed from I'm healed from lust. You know what I'm saying? It's continuously dying of yourself, seeking God and seeking after God's spirit to change the desires that you have. And that's just. I don't know if I agree with that. Why do you say that? The reason I don't know if I agree with that is because the scripture that you read, read Mm -hmm. that scripture one more time. Yes. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Stop. That's the part that we are neglecting. That's the part that we are neglecting. We're acting as if lust is this unstoppable force within us that we have no control over. We're acting as if lust is this ingrained part of our DNA that we can't do anything about. But the Bible specifically says right there that sin shall have no dominion over you. We have to understand that there is an entity called sin. There is a power called sin that is religiously and, and, and faithfully chasing after you to get you to do wrong religiously and faithfully chasing after you so that it can hold the mirror up to your face and tell you you're not you're not meeting the standard you're not you're not doing what God wanted you to do and it can and it can rain condemnation on top of you but we can't look at lust as if it is this you know ingrained part of our DNA it's in our bones it's in our soul it's in our heart there's nothing we can do about it it's just the way it is that's not true now Full disclosure, I was one of the best lusters in America. I lusted with the great lusters of the 21st century. I was a part of the 1990s crusade of Lustonia. Oh, I heard about that. Did you? That was a great year. Listen. (laughs) Great year. It was, but the place where I was able to overcome lust, and this is a true story for me, is when I found something that was worth more than getting my sexual desires met. Now for me personally, that was my wife. When I met her, there wasn't gonna be none of that going on, period. And as much as as the year before that I had met her, I had been participating in almost as much sex as you could possibly want. When I met her, the standard was set. Like, she was like, ain't none of that happening, you know, I, I hope you understand, we're not having sex, there's not gonna be any of, no intercourse, no blah, blah, blah. And I found something that I desired more than this thing called lust, this sexual desire that I felt like was ruling me. But then you gave in to your lust. No, I didn't. You just said you're having more sex than anyone. That's before. That was before. So then that, I feel like that's two different things. Now that's the intent. What do you mean? Okay. Why are you stuck on the word intent? The reason I'm stuck on it is because you acted on what you felt. Prior to I'm, yeah, her. I'm saying I struggle because I don't act on what I feel, but I'm feeling these things. 
and you're saying, well, there's a dominion, and you have to find something that's greater well, than no, wanting to I, have that desire. No, what I'm saying is it doesn't stop the feeling. If you're looking to stop the feeling, you're fighting a losing battle. What if the answer is accepting? What if the answer is accepting that I'm going to feel this way and I'm just going to overcome it? So much to overcome. I mean, you you got to think <laughs> yeah. about you got to think about the same thing. You take you somebody. Say, you take I somebody. Was just agreeing, it's a lot to overcome. <laughs> you take somebody who's addicted to drugs. That's a lot for them to overcome, but they can make the choice to overcome it. It doesn't mean that they don't still have the desire. It doesn't mean that they don't still have those moments. It doesn't mean that they don't still, you know, twitch in the middle of the night sometimes. Alcoholics go through it all the time. It doesn't mean they don't have the desire to go into the bar. It doesn't mean they don't want to just take one drink just to taste it. But they recognize there's something more important here. And so they accept the fact that I'm going to have this feeling from time to time, but I'm going to overcome it. And and in the process of overcoming it, Mm This feeling is not going to rule me. Sin is not going to have dominion over me. So it took your wife for you to decide that you're gonna not, you're not gonna fall into what lust is, the, the desire of lust that you're getting. To an extent, yes. Because here's the thing: my relationship with Jesus for me at that time was not enough. Mm. Well, that I like. Thank you for your honesty. At that time, my relationship with Jesus was not enough. However, when Jesus had placed her in front of me and said, I want to give this to you, at that moment, I was like, well, Jesus, I want what you have for me. And if I got to put this away, I got to put it away. So is the feeling the sin or is the act the sin? Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering. Because I think in this conversation, it, to me, it's coming across as I can accept that I feel a certain way as long as I don't do a certain thing. I think you are... Mm. You're putting it in a works righteousness standpoint. You're making it about performance. But in your, just to answer the question, just playing the devil's advocate, is it, is the feeling a sin or is the act a sin? Is the feel, is feeling like you have a strong sexual desire a sin? I mean, God gave you sexual desire, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But in Matthews, when we just but read is that it. lust? No, sexual desire is not lust. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Where is it coming from? Where is but it coming Matthew from? Matthew said that but if I you were to lust after when we read the King James Version, lust in itself is a sin. Right. Lust after a woman. Just like you said, if you were to read the scripture again. Well, read first again. of all, I'm not going to lust after a woman. Well, so yeah. is it you know specifically <laughs> for men since we're taking the Bible by context Joy. specifically for what Joy. it said? Joy, why are you doing that? I'm <laughs> but I say to you that everyone who looks at who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already no, committed no, adultery. No, I want the real version, not uh, that the King James version. But I say unto you that whoever looketh on a woman to lust after her. So looking on a woman, I look at women all day long and I don't lust. Okay, let me ask you. Just because you a woman and you walk by, don't mean I lust after you. Let me ask you this: You got through, you you know. There's people that. all day that you don't lust after. Agreed. But what she's saying is, is the feeling versus the action. What is the action? Acting on the things that you think? No, that's and that's what I'm trying to explain. Please. That falls into a works righteousness standpoint. That falls into a performance-based Christianity standpoint. It says it's okay to me to have this unpure, impure feeling in me as long as I don't act on it, so I'm still good. No, the problem is rooting out the purity of the feeling. Where did it come from? Can Where thought, did it come from? Can a thought that you don't act on be considered a sin? Absolutely. 
Oh. So then you don't have to act on it. Anything that deviates from who God is is a sin. So, okay. I guess we all fall short. Uh, oh, and and, well, and, that and was, this in this instance, I'm just gonna have to say okay. Well, and that was kind of the point that Jesus was getting at, was because um, the people he were talking to, I think he was talking to the Pharisees there, and they were asking him that question basically, and they would look at it as the works part, where I'm not acting on any of this, so I am righteous. And he was pointing out, you're not righteous because you didn't act on it. You're unrighteous because you have an unpure heart as well. It's not just your actions, but it's what's in your heart. And the whole point is that we all have impure hearts. And this is why we have to determine and divide the Merriam-Webster de- definition, which only calls it strong sexual desire. Because as long as you just fall into the category of all lust is is strong sexual desire, then, of course, you can never win. How can you ever win? Yeah. But if you look at where it comes from, where is this originating from? I have a strong sexual desire for my wife, but it does not originate from a demonic place. It doesn't originate from an impure place. It doesn't originate from a a a a bad location. So before, where did it originate from? So when before you met your wife and you were going through Lustville, where did that originate from? It originated from low self-esteem. It originated from lack of a father mm-hmm. in my life. It originated from lack a feeling of abandonment from my mother. It originated from a wealth of other locations. And it showed that up. I used, in- that the enemy used lust as a way for me to fill the voids in my life that I didn't want to deal with. So it was the medication in my life for the things that I didn't want to deal with. Sin had dominion over me because it I allowed sin to use me in that space. That's good. If if I'm single, okay, I can't do the if. I'm single. That's a state. That's a fact. I'm single. I desire to be in a marriage that is healthy, whole, loving, full of all of that desire. And I meet a man that I want to give all of that to. Come on. That's inclusive of me sexually. Have I then fallen into lust because he's not my husband? Pastor Mike, did you understand me? Did anybody behind the glass understand I, me? I think I, I think I know where you're coming from. And yes, that would still be lust. Okay. And here's why. Thank you. Because in, in the Bible, biblically speaking, there's three different themes to lust. One is what people most commonly associate with the sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Another one is adultery that has nothing to do with this. Right. The other one is just desire. So you may not be the type to strong, have a strong sexual desire. That's not your lust, but you're still having an intense desire. The covetousness. Yeah. yeah. So that's still a lust. Okay. So wanting somebody is a, with an intense desire is a sin. It depends on why you want them. Why do you want? So this is all a heart matter when it comes down to it. Isn't that what Jesus always said? He always dealt with the Pharisees. He always dealt with the heart. Yeah. And keep the context. We're in the flesh. And the Bible says the lust of the flesh. Right. So, yeah. Spirit doesn't really want this. So that's what you're telling me? My spirit don't want it? Yeah, the desires of the spirit. My mind me no, (laughs) but my body. Exactly. (laughs) Like, where does your lust originate from? I would honestly have to think about that. Um... It could be just from a lack of feeling loved. So to me, lust is that moment of attention and affection. Oh, well, sex of... in itself, for me, 
until I guess I fix that area because lust is just a feeling I get. And I get, it's, it's, I get those feelings in times when I want to be loved on or when I want affection. Connection. Yeah, when I want to yeah. connect with someone, I get the feeling for lust. And instead of dealing with that feeling, I try to fight the lust in itself when I'm fighting the lust in the wrong way, which from what you're telling me, my mind's still telling me no, my body has been telling me yes. <laughs> <laughs> but your body's always going to tell you yes. Your body's going to tell you yes to more candy. Your body's going to tell you yes to more ice cream. Your body's going to tell you yes to being slothful and hanging out on the couch and doing nothing. If you could not go to work, you would, that kind of thing. Your body's going to tell you yes to overworking yourself in order to prove something to somebody else. Your body, your flesh is always going to tell you yes. But as you said in that scripture, sin does not have to rule us. Well, I learned. Yeah, and there's no say. doubt that there's a it's, a, it's a struggle. And the Bible talks about that too. And it your spirit your is spirit. constantly struggling with your flesh. Yeah. But the spirit gives us the power. Jesus gives us the power to overcome the flesh. The flesh. Yeah. And that's why I and that's why I got so passionate when I was talking about we can't look at it as if it's just a part of us. Yeah. As if it's ingrained in us, as if it's in our DNA and there's not anything that we can do about it. As while it might feel that way, that's not true. Definitely feels that way. Yeah, and I think I get, it does for a lot of Christians. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it does for me at times. So it's really one of those things where we, from what I'm getting from what you guys are saying, because this is the learning process for me too, it's really yeah. one of those things that when we catch it, it's not even about the things that we see or the things that we hear. Because I feel like at church they teach you, well, what's in your air, what's going in your air gate? What are right. you seeing with your eyes? And those things contribute. But when we catch it, it's just like, let's, let's take lust out of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say I got a bad attitude. And let's say every time somebody says something to me and I think they said it the wrong way, I'm ready to go off on them. Just in the same manner that you were about to say, when I catch myself doing that, I have to look at it and be like, why do I feel that way? Why do I want to go off on this person right now? And I have to get beyond the surface of what they said and they did and da-da-da. No, why, now why did that make you feel the way it made you feel? And why did it make you want to do the thing that you made it want to do and really discover ourselves and figure out what is going on in there. See, and I think for, I mean, I can't speak for others, but for me, a lot of times I felt like having lust was because I decided to open that door and have sex versus having lust and it being based off of something that is a need that I actually legitimately have. Why did you first have sex? Thank you. I was going to ask that same question. Oh. Now that I think about it, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, wow, wow. it was the yeah. same thing. Same thing. Come here, Drake, come give me a high five, girl. <laughs> we have to take time to understand. When, when, when people say you have to know yourself, and you hear all the gurus, y'all know how I feel about gurus. Yeah. And they say you got to learn yourself and know yourself. They don't ever tell you to, the ways to do that, though. They just tell you you got to do it. And this is a part of that, understanding where your triggers come from, understanding why you participate in the things that you participate in. It wasn't until, and here's, this is why I say Jesus wasn't enough for me in that time, right? Because it was right before I met my wife that I went through basically a year long process of healing from my abandonment issues, my low self-esteem, my rejection issues, like all of that, my father not being around, my stepfather being abusive, my mother abandoning me, nobody listening to me when I told him I was being abused, like all of that that I went through. It was the year before I met her that I healed from that space. So it wasn't until I closed as those doors 
that I was able to say, you know what, God, I can put this away for you. I can put this away because you want to give me something better. Pastors say it all the time. God wants to give you something better than just a roll in the hay. But that's what they mean. God wants to present you with something better. And you can then say, you know what, God, I can put this away for you. So it takes somebody else to get put in the way. Why can't it just be one of those things? I didn't say it takes somebody else. It did for him, but it doesn't necessarily for you. Okay. It could be something else entirely. Well, I mean, do you think that even if you didn't meet your wife, you would be able to put that away? All right. I, right before I met her, I had decided, and I remember telling, I told everybody on this radio station, I said, I am not going to be with another woman until I turn 45 years old. How can we? How much years in between was that? That was what, two years ago when I had swore off, I wouldn't get married, I wouldn't because I right. was going to wait till Maya got graduated from high school and I wasn't gonna get married. I wasn't gonna be. I wasn't dealing. I wasn't dealing with no women about nothing until my daughter graduated from high school. Because I didn't want the headache. First of all, um, yeah, that's what I always heard from you. Yeah. <laughs> that was the main reason. Um, but in that process, I was also saying I'm not going to engage in any sexual activity until that thing happens. But I wasn't able to say that until I healed all that past stuff because there was nothing worth it. I think um, okay, what question that I would have is w- at what point did you realize that it was time to heal from those things so that you could move away from those other. When I hit rock bottom. It was when I hit rock bottom. Now, I, I advise everybody and talk to everybody. Okay. You know I make people cry. I always try to get people to cry because I don't want you to hit rock bottom. I he want you to start. a good job. I want you to start before <laughs> you hit rock bottom. I don't want you to have to be in a situation where you think what's the point of me living before you decide to really seek out and find out what's wrong with you and go through the healing process that you need to go through. I want everybody, everybody, everywhere at all times to always be wondering, why do I do the things I do? I tell my daughter that all the time. There's nothing more important than understanding why you do the things you do. Why do you do the things you do? What about, what about your past is hindering you right now? What about your, your childhood is keeping you from living the purity that you want. You want to be pure in Christ. That is a desire of yours. That's something that you have have planted a stake in the ground over and over and over again and said, I'm not doing this anymore. What's keeping you from it? Just can't control your flesh? That can't be it. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think most of us, like you said, including myself at times, think, oh, it's just the flesh, just something everybody goes through. But the more I think of it, there are underlying things from years ago that contribute to that, that lust. I think I never put lust in those categories of sins. To me, lust was just separate. Yeah, maybe that was the problem. Yeah, to me, it was just like, okay, well, you just have this desire to do this, but you ain't got to act on it. Right. So if I didn't act on it, it's fine. Because I, like you said, I justify what righteous work of righteous. I just thought, well, it'll be fine. Okay. Well, I see that. I felt that. Okay. You know what? God help me. Lord, I'm going through this. I know you know what I'm thinking. But see the, the danger zone in that space is that you end up, you can trans, you can transfer your entire Christianity back to that same way of thinking. It's based on what I do, not on how I feel, not on my heart not on where it's coming from, not on what happens. It's all based on what I do. So my blessings are based on what I do and how, I'm, how I am uh, disciplined by God is based on what I do. So now you eliminate grace altogether because everything's based on what you do, whether I act on it or not. Imagine how mad you get when your child 
does what you ask them to do, but they give you attitude. So imagine, you know, your relationship with God. It's not just based on actions. It's he came to change the heart too and the spirit. It's like I always say, God didn't come to change who you are. He came to change how you are. That's so good. I feel like I need a, well, I would recommend a therapist to anybody, but clearly I need to go back. <laughs> like we missed a couple of sessions. <laughs> and so when we look at lust and, and the, one of the first things we have to do is we have to make sure we separate it from being this ingrained thing in our flesh that we have no control over. Because here's a great example. And I heard this a long time ago. I read it in a book. I don't know. But there's a CEO of a company and a pastor, right? And they're having this argument about who has the most influence over their group of people that are under them, right? And the pastor is like, I have influence over people's lives and their souls. They come to me with everything that is going on in their lives. I have the most influence. And the CEO's like, I pay their paychecks. I have the most influence, right? And so the CEO looks at the pastor. He says, okay, I'll tell you what. He says, you tell everybody to be at church on Sunday. And I'll tell everybody to be at work on Sunday. And we'll see whose building gets filled up the most. And we all know who's going to get filled up, right? The CEO's building is going to get filled up, right? But that's because the paycheck has a value to it. That people who, even if you don't want to go to work, you control your flesh all the time when you don't want to go to work. You go anyway. And then you control your attitude when you get there. You'd be like, all right, let me get my attitude right. I don't need to be acting this way, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you let it slip out unless you're just that person. You know, because everybody got that person in their office has always got an attitude. Yes. But you control your flesh all the time when you don't want to go to work and you go anyway. When you're tired, you've been drinking all night long or whatever the case may be, and you go to work anyway, you control your flesh then. Why is it that we act as if we cannot control our flesh in this situation in the same way? Yeah, for me personally, it was more in the sense of I didn't look at it as a sin. It was just more of a once I opened that door to start having sex, that's you why were doomed. And there was yeah, I was doomed. Like, I just got to get married now. Lord, help me. You, like Paul <laughs> said, <laughs> if you can't withhold from sex, get married. All right, God, you don't hurt. You look, said your word would not come back void. Just waiting. You know, so I didn't, I didn't put a tie to it. But I wonder if there's like anyone that ever thinks about it that way or just looks at lust as I know I'm sinning, but, you know, we all fall short. You know, one of those things like, you know, ain't nobody perfect. That's a per. I did it. I did it forever. That's the perfect excuse. If everybody does it, then how can I be wrong for doing yeah, it? Yeah, how can I be wrong for doing it too? I mean, we're called to set an example. And and the famous phrase that kind of captures that thought for, for at least my generation growing up is, only God can judge me. Because what's behind that thought? What's behind that thought is that, hey, everybody sinned. So who yep. are you to point out something that I'm doing because yeah. everybody does it? And you know what I like to say. When people say only God can judge me, I'd be like, yeah, and you might not like it when he does. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you might not like it when he Oof. does. Or they'll say, God knows my heart. And I'll be like, but is he pleased with what he sees? <laughs> Just tearing them at the root apostle. Listen. <laughs> and I don't want to sound, I don't. I definitely don't want to sound, I don't, the word's not unsympathetic, but I don't want to sound like I don't understand. Because believe me, I do understand. I was, like I said, I, if we had a sin competition, I'm on the board. I'm on the leaderboard, right? But it was just a matter of coming to a place where I found something in Christ more valuable. So here's my next question. And I mean, this is just asking for a friend. 
So <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Ooh. Tina. There you go, Joy. <laughs> Joy's like passing me notes, y'all. Y'all don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Ask him this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you went through that, wouldn't you feel as if okay, let's say no one got that experience of getting to that point of where you know as I'm going through this hurt and healing you are still going out lusting and doing your own thing, right? As you were going through the Not healing process. Not as I was going through the healing process, no. <laughs> Joy, I can answer the question. Because, well, <laughs> you can because, ask it. He might be able to answer it anyway. Because we, we, we can't That's look at the healing process as something that happens to us. If you know me, I advocate for intentional healing. I want you to go into your prayer closet, your bedroom, wherever it is that you talk to Jesus, and I want you to go after Jesus and say, Jesus, help please help. I can't, I don't know, help. Help me, Jesus, help. And I want you to just pester him and go after him and go after him and talk about it. And I can't stand you, Jesus. And you didn't come through when you were supposed to. And how come my mama and my daddy didn't? And I don't understand why my sister and that first job and they treated me wrong. And why did you let him rape me? And I don't like go and, and intentionally heal. Mm -hmm. Because if we look at healing as something that just happens to us as we go along this thing called life, then it's going to be a while before it gets done. All right, Joy, I'll ask him. Okay, so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she ain't got nothing to say. Is that right? <laughs> okay, so I totally just completely forgot my thought. It happens. No. It was a good one, Joy's too. like, you can't forget the thought that I just Rewrite it to me and send it to me. I know, I threw away the paper. I just gave it to you. Oh, I got to read that one? Hold on, let me go get the paper I threw away. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so I'm I'm really in a learning curve here with, with the whole lust dynamic. So, But I've taken it outside of lust to apply it to a lot of other things as it pertains to, like you said, our heart and how we view things and it's not always just about it's not just about how um if I don't do something that I'm thinking about then I'm good now what if devil's advocate here go ahead try to make it work okay no <laughs> what if I lust what if I say all right before I go through healing let me just go ahead and get this out the way these feelings is that still a sin we we need, I mean, we have grace, though. Girl, bye. You just read the scripture so we can continue, continue to send that All grace right. mail back. Joy, that was the answer yeah. that you were looking for. There Girl, you go. Bye. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Don't leave anything other than a five-star review. <laughs> if you got leave. three stars, just inbox us. We'll talk about it. Um, check us out on you can check us out on iTunes on Spreaker on TuneIn on Spotify on iHeartRadio we are everywhere and check us out on Instagram Instagram at Mo Clarity Radio that's M-O Clarity Radio catch you guys next week holla